0: Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We've got an all-new show for you today. We are going to get you all primed and ready for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Zack Snyder Justice League, which are coming out in like two to three days, each of them. And we are going to get you all of our reactions, our snubs, our surprises, our shockers on the Oscars. We got no time to waste, so let's get to it. Thank you for joining us on a live episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam, and that's right. We are live. This is our first time doing this. We are live in three places. Count them three right now. Simultaneously, or as the Brits would say, simultaneously. um, Facebook, YouTube Live, and Twitch. We hope you guys are tuning in on one of those platforms. We are so happy to have you. Like I said in the open, we've got... Big things happening right now. So if you are already a fan of the show and you follow us on Facebook or social media, um, you probably saw our big announcement last week, which is that we're doing things a little bit different these days. We are going to be doing things live, like we're doing right now. We're going to be doing, um, we're taking our podcast sessions, which happen every week anyway. and We're thinking, let's just share them. Let's just share them with everybody. They can sit in on the on the Creative Fusion, be a part of the discussion, um, which is really the whole reason we do this: is to chat with people about movie and TV, so so why don't we just do it live? Um, So we're doing that, and then we're going to chop this up into our podcast episodes, which will be released throughout the week, actually three times a week, um, which will be basically our format going forward. So we're very, very excited. Um, We've also got a huge movie that we're reviewing this week. It's called Raya and the Last Dragon. It's a Disney animated uh, film, and it released exclusively on Disney Plus with Premier Access uh in the same vein as Mulan. So we got to give that functionality a role again. And then um man, I mean the Oscars. <laughs> like it's you know it's a big show when the Oscars are sort of a footnote, but we've got Oscar nominations that we're going to be talking through. Um, very excited to get some reactions to that. And uh, oh yeah there's these there's two little things coming out later this week. One of them's called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the other one's <laughs> called Zack Snyder Justice League. I don't know if you've heard of that Kirk. Have you heard of either of those?
1: Um no. Can you explain more about these? I've never Yeah, they're I... just
0: massive blockbuster superhero productions, you know, no big deal. So we went from oh, Really? That's yeah, very interesting. We went from the barren desolate wasteland that was 2020 in tv and film honestly it was tv and film because like all of our tv shows they didn't get new seasons or anything either like some of them did if they were made pre-covid but everything else was pretty much put on hold and now we're like in this cornucopia of new content we've got we've got oscar-winning films that we're watching we've got new disney animated studios film we've got dc movie coming out a marvel show coming out like we are just swimming in content right now, and I am so stoked.
1: Yeah, man, it's all here. It's all here. This just gives us so many opportunities to watch some new stuff and review some new stuff. And I'm just curious on how everything's going to play out with our uh, with our takes on everything.
0: Yeah, should be interesting. Should be interesting. I mean, I've I've got the hot take machine fired up. I'm ready to start start shooting out hot takes, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you've got a game for us too. Should I wait? Should I wait on that? Just should it be a surprise to me? Oh, oh we can tease the
1: title. I'm not going to tell you okay. how the game works, but yeah. for those of you who are who will be listening to different episodes throughout the week, what a better teaser to make sure to en- entice you and tantalize you throughout the week. This game is called Cam and the Last Dragon.
0: Oh. That's
1: right. That's you. You are Cam and the last dragon is we will find out. <laughs>
0: We will find out. I'm so scared. I, I get more and more scared of these games every week, but it'll be good. It'll be good. So that, yeah, so good point. If you're listening to us right now on the, on the podcast, that game will not be available until the next episode, which will release on Friday. So this episode releases on Wednesday. It'll include our Oscars breakdown, all of what's popping, everything that's going on in film and TV right now. And then our next episode will include our review of Raya and the Last Dragon and our game. And if you're watching through the stream, guess what? You get both of it. You get both of them at the same time. So it's it's a win-win exclusive. for you guys. That's right, exclusive. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's start with a new segment. Should we start with a new segment to really spice things up?
1: I would love a new segment.
0: Yeah, let's do it. We, we used to do this segment. Well, I don't even know. Can we even call that a segment? It was just like, hey, man, what are you watching <laughs> this week?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> this... <laughs> I don't know. What are you watching?
0: Yeah, well... That was basically it. We were just, I don't even know what we called it. Like we called what what are you watching? <laughs> I think it was the actual <laughs> official title. Um, uh-huh. but now we're giving it a name, and that name is Kirk.
1: It's called Popped or Not.
0: Wow, look at the logo. What a what a um, what a high I don't even know what, what to call that. That's just, it's beautiful. For those of you who are not watching yeah. via the video, Kirk has yeah. mocked up a logo. Since we didn't have time mm. to Photoshop a logo, he's just done one in what, paint?
1: Uh, no, this was uh, an app called Notability. Notability, okay. Great. Yes. Uh, it took me about uh, three hours
0: to do, <laughs> and I'm no, going what? to sell it. <laughs> i would be so sad if it took you that long <laughs> but you know what you've given us a great i'm
1: going to sell it on the black market
0: no you can sell it as an nft have you heard of this nft
1: oh, that's right i can sell it as, a, as an nft for two million dollars yeah I, think.
0: I was gonna say i don't know what nft stands for but i know that like there are rich people buying like jpegs and stuff for like 60 million dollars <laughs> so yes
1: we could record a secret episode as an nft that's right and sell it for whatever we want
0: yeah we could make a gif out of this and then sell it as an nft that's another option so i mean yes there's another resident uh, potential revenue stream for us i think we're only just hitting the tip of the iceberg there um but anyway back to our new segment it's called popped or not and here's how this is going to work Popped is good, not as bad. We are going to talk <laughs> about what we're watching right now, uh, what we did watch over the last week, and whether it was popped or not. And this is just a way for you guys to get our takes on some things because you know we don't all have time to watch everything that's out there. Uh, but Kirk and I try to watch absolutely everything in the world, and so then we can save you guys time by telling you if something is popped or not, and uh, then you can decide if you want to watch it. So let's let's just get let's get it kicked off, Kirk. What are you watching right now, and is it popped or is it not?
1: Mm, yes, I am going uh, retro here, and Ooh. I'm watching a little bit of the Wonder Years. Ooh,
0: nice! I yes. man, I used to love the Wonder Years. That's a classic.
1: Yes, good old Fred Savage. Fred Savage man. Uh, just saw an episode where Ben Savage makes a surprise appearance in the uh, the the what's it called the Valentine's Day episode. Nice. Very cute. Very cute. I don't know what made me decide to watch it. When it first uh, came out to streaming, I think it came to Netflix and I didn't have enough time and now it's on Hulu. And man, I tell you, when you watch it on Hulu, there are no commercials for it. So that show
0: Wait, there flies. are no There are no commercials in it?
1: No commercials in it because it's owned by ABC. So there's no commercials.
0: Oh, I that- did not realize that was a thing. So, if it's a Disney, if it's a Disney ASP ESPN or Mm -hmm. not ESPN but if it's a Disney ABC property then I guess there's no commercials because they're like this is us we don't need to monetize it it's our stuff I did not realize I guess I don't I mean I watch a lot of Hulu but I guess I just either don't watch anything that's like ABC Disney or something like that and Either that, or I just don't notice because I'm just not paying attention to such things. I don't know.
1: That's that's good. That's good. What I'm what I'm loving most about the Wonder Years is uh, how how wholesome and edgy it was at the same time. Mm. Like uh, it was basically like it was a good kickoff for freaks and geeks. Uh, you know, yeah. ten years after it it ended, uh, to really to really just like go the extra mile because it's around the same time period as it as it kicks to the end. Uh, of the Wonder Years. So it's super fun. And I'm super excited to like really dive into it because the Wonder Years reboot, of course, mm-hmm. is getting made right now. Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. And, and I'm super excited to see what it, that entails and what network that premieres on. I have no clue. Uh, so the Wonder Years, that's what I'm, I'm watching right now. And I got to say, after all these years, it's still definitely popped.
0: It popped. Does it? So it holds up. And mm-hmm. I think that format was kind of a trailblazing format for a lot of different shows, the whole like breaking the fourth wall um, type of thing. Is, is Fred Savage the younger Savage or is Ben?
1: Fred is the older brother. Okay. Yes. That's why I thought. Because so, yeah. he makes
0: a few like guest appearances in Boy Meets World, doesn't he?
1: He does. He plays a creepy teacher in the college That's years. That's right. Of, in the college Meets years. Meets oh, man. Yeah. He's like hitting on Topanga and Ben Savage is not having it. I'll <laughs> tell you what.
0: Yeah get away from Opengate, all right can't <laughs> can't be having it uh what else anything else is that it um you know
1: that's been consuming most of my time i yeah. will say i also um uh popped into uh, hbo max to watch a time to kill Ooh, with sure. uh, matthew mcconaughey how was that it's very good i've i've got 20 minutes left and it's really something special it really is it's uh Uh, also another groundbreaking, uh, film, Matthew McConaughey, maybe his breakout film, his debut, um, star performance that made him the star that he is today. So I'm really loving it. It's some good stuff. Also pops, also holds up well.
0: Nice. So you're, you're hitting on all, you know, you're batting 1000 this week. So that's good. Um, let's see, what am I watching? What am I not watching? Uh, let me narrow it down. So I'm watching the crown. That's right. Become one of those people. Here's the thing about the crown. I started it back when season one first came out and it was like, this is the most expensive Netflix show ever and everybody was talking about it. Um, I started it. But here is the problem that I have had with The Crown when I first started it and still have with The Crown is that um, I watch most of my television in the dead of night when Mm -hmm. my children are asleep and I just am trying to cram in some television before I go to bed. And that show is just too dialogue heavy and too slow moving to keep me awake. I love it. It's great acting. It's really well written and everything. Um, so then, what I've started to do instead is, wait, I'm legitimately waking up earlier in the morning, eating my breakfast, and watching The Crown. So that's <laughs> that's what's happening. But it's good. I mean, it's it's all good. I'm still in season one. I I really thought about not going back to season one because I was like, you probably don't have to watch it in chronological order because there's like. I don't know. There's like all kinds of different, you know. Th- it's like there's time jumps and all kinds of stuff. So I just figured I could start wherever. But I'm gonna like I'm committed. I'm gonna watch the whole thing, and it's popped. I mean, it wins all the awards. You know that it's good. It. I love Claire Foy. I love Vanessa Kirby. They're just killing it mm-hmm. in this first season. Um, so it's all good, and it's it's holding my attention slightly better than the first time around. Okay. Very Other nice. things I'm watching. So that's popped. That's big time popped. Next, I'm watching the Clone Wars. I restarted the Clone Wars back to, you know, the beginning. And, oh, we just got, my my sister chimes in and says, how dare you say even anything even close to, wow, I didn't even say anything negative. I just said something that was like, could be negative, of saying that it was like kind of slow. This is what I'm talking about, Kirk. This is the kind of harassment that you get from these crown people out right. here. This is why I was resistant to joining. So they are a hazard to their own cause. That's all I have to say there. <laughs> um, but no, I am, I'm one of those people now. So soon I'll be shaming you. Kurt, are you watching the crown?
1: I also stopped watching the crown in season one. It was a, a very similar situation. Dialogue heavy, kept passing out. Couldn't handle it because I consume all of my film at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, We're in the same
0: boat. We're in the same boat. So
1: I I want to hop back in that boat, but uh, I cannot wake up before um, 9 a.m., before 9 a.m., so.
0: Yeah, that makes it tough. That makes it tough. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so then the other thing I'm watching is The Clone Wars. I restarted the beginning because on Star Wars Day, May 4th, they are rolling out on Disney Plus a show called The Bad Batch, which is a spinoff of The Clone Wars, and that group, as I remember, doesn't appear until Season 7, but I want to go back watch the whole thing. Cause a lot of this stuff I watched when I was like a kid. Um, and so I'm just trying to get the full picture. I think it's definitely popped, but I would say season one is not the strongest season of that show. It feels like very much like a kid show in that season in the sense that like it's really hard to get a grasp of like what the larger plot is that's going on. It's just like moving from planet to planet. Every planet is under attack by the separatists, but it's like, Every episode is like a self-contained plot line within that episode. Um, so like I know the show gets better and that's why I'm going through it, but it's still good. It's, I'll say it's, it's lightly popped for season one, but I, I know that it gets better and I'm excited to go through that full journey. And then the last thing that I'm watching and I'm still watching, I've been watching this for like a week is Justice League, <laughs> the, uh, the movie. The the, oh, the, the non Snyder cut the the Whedon and uh, the Whedon Snyder cut I guess I don't know.
1: So you're watching it to compare what it will be like uh, this weekend, is that correct? Correct. Okay. That's,
0: I I am. This is how much of a professional I am, Kirk. This is <laughs> here here is a movie that I hated more than most movies that I watch, um, and yet I'm just I'm right back into it because I'm committed to giving the best analysis and comparison. And man, is it brutal! I just there are so many questionable things in the movie that, like, I don't know whose idea they were. Probably it sounds like based on the press that they were mostly like Josh, Josh Whedon, um, Jeff Johns, and uh, those guys, and and not Zack Snyder as much. But right, we'll see. We'll see how much of it is in there. I'm excited to talk about the Snyder Cut. I feel like I've been hearing about this movie for a thousand years. Um, and it's finally almost here. And so I'm ready to like, I think a little later on, we'll kind of preview it, but justice league, in case you're wondering, not popped, not even close. This is like frozen kernels. It's, it's so bad. I hate Ooh, it. Frozen
1: kernels. Yeah. Let's Sounds log like that away. Let's yeah. Let's, <laughs> that could be a, <laughs> that could be a
0: segment name in the future. Let's log that idea away real quick. going <laughs> to quick write note that down. <laughs> But yeah, that's our, that's, so that's our new segment, Popped or Not. If you want to let us know in the comments or via social what you're watching, th- that will be helpful to us because we are trying to pick things out that we can watch and we want to be in on all of it. We want all the good content. So hit us up with your ideas as well. Um, okay, Kirk, should we pop it up? We got lots to do and what's popping. Oh, let's pop. Let's pop indeed. Let's pop it up. All right, Kirk, the granddaddy of them all, the big one, it's here. We got Oscar nominations yesterday in the morning. Man, that feels like ages ago, but it was actually just yesterday morning That's we crazy. got Oscar nominations. Pretty interesting slate for a lot of reasons. I think um, I'm always expecting to be super surprised, and I didn't feel like I was that surprised this time, which was cool. That was kind of like a different experience. Um also, we're going to talk about the big categories. We're not, we're not going to talk about every category. We're not going to talk I about, to talk like, about
1: <laughs> I want to talk about makeup. Achievement in
0: sound mixing.
1: Sound editing, sound mixing, sound mixing and editing. I want to talk about all <laughs> the nitty gritty All of yeah. the- we're not leaving anyone out today. So strap in for the next three hours while we dissect every <laughs> award ever.
0: Yeah. Uh, we did that once, I think. <laughs> I feel like the, our first – this was a, like a very like amateur podcaster mistake here. Our f- our first time ever going through Oscar knobs was like, all right, and the category for this. <laughs> and I just like read names for like an hour. It was so <laughs> – it was such bad radio. It was the worst. The best, best boy on the set. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, man. Yeah, I was, like, even reading the awards that they, like, don't even broadcast. Like, the ones that they do at the lunch before. <laughs> before yes, yeah. the governor's
1: ball. Yes.
0: <laughs> the one that they, like, show the abbreviated thing in the middle of the Oscars. And they're like, oh, yeah, this other thing happened and it sucked. But here's the highlights. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. But anyway, Oscar nominations. We're going to go through the big categories, okay, mm-hmm. which are, for, for the record, in case anybody's curious, I feel like the big categories are best picture, obviously. Best Actor, Best Actress, mm. Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and then probably Director. And we can talk about screenplay if we want to, but I want to hit on the big ones, okay? Okay. And when that we go through each category, let's hit surprises, shocks, things that make you happy, etc., and just kind of go through it real quick, okay? Okay, okay. Okay, so the first category is Best Picture. This is the big one. This is the one you want to win. Um, and our nominees are... The Father, starring Anthony Hopkins; Judas and the Black Messiah, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield; Mank; Minari; Nomadland; Promising Young Woman; Sound of Metal; and Trial: The Trial of the Chicago Seven. That is eight films there. How are we feeling about this category?
1: This is one of the most balanced uh top best picture nominees I've ever seen because a long time ago I mean like long like probably like 2010 okay. there were only 5 there were 5 options yeah. for best picture and then one year they said you know what let's make it 10 and that was just insane it was absolutely insane um I think it should be more concise and I'm glad that they only did 8 and I will say this is a very round 8 um, I was super excited most of all to see sound of metal in this, uh, grouping because that was a movie that I felt like, uh, I was like a ninja, like a secret fan of, uh, when it came out, like it just didn't, it's not getting enough attention. And I hope this brings it to the tops of some people's lists. So that's the, the, like the shock factor, the one, the underdog, if you will, that I'm rooting for in this category.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's a great movie and one that everybody should see. So it's, it's good to your point that people will go see it now. They'll like actually seek it out to go see it to, so that they are all ready for the Oscars. But yeah, I can't remember like since they rolled out the changes to the category of 10 movies, I can't remember how many times we've actually had 10 because I think the way that it works is that you have to have a certain number of votes like for nomination to get up there and then you get nominated I, I don't know exactly but i know it kind of fluctuates between tw- 10 8 and 9 um but yeah we've got 8 i think it's a good 8 i agree with you on sound of metal i'm i'm stoked about that I, it's a movie about a drummer and i just it has a special place in my heart for that reason but i thought it was excellent and i was surprised to not see it get more love during award season so i think that's you know, if you get surprised by a Best Picture nominee, you want it to be a good surprise, and this definitely falls in that category.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And I think my two big misses here, or, or movies I should say that I was surprised to not see, are Defy Five Bloods, which basically got shut out. I mean, they, they got, like, nothing. And then um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is one of those things where I'm like, Based on the format of that movie and like how short it was and like how it's pretty much contained within like one room, I can kind of see why they wouldn't go there. But like the acting performances were stellar. We'll talk about it later. But Vi- uh, Viola Davis and Chadwick Bozeman both both nominated for acting awards. I thought the screenplay, though, it was adapted from a play, was excellent. And I thought you know we reviewed it on this podcast. We both had really high things to say about that. So I was a little bit surprised to see that one left out in the cold.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, some other things, you know, we we didn't see um, one night in Miami on this list.
0: Yeah, I
1: know, right? Um, in my mind, that was a big that was a big win. Uh, I really liked that movie a lot. Yeah, um, Defy of Bloods is huge, and there's something else. No, I think that I think those are the three. Which based on the Oscars history, I would think that they might want to spend a little more time critiquing those movies and uh, putting them in the, in the high ranks of what they, where they belong. So good luck Oscars this year with your hashtag.
0: (laughs) Though I would say like, yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're referring to like Oscars so white, which, you know, they've obviously had issues with that in the past. And there are some, there are still like, if you go back, there are some issues that have happened with the Oscars. But if you look at this, this is a, we got a lot of firsts, so we'll talk about in the acting categories. But Stephen Stephen Yoon being nominated for best actor, he's the first Asian and Asian uh, person of Asian descent to be nominated for that award. Same with Riz Ahmed, the first person of Middle Eastern descent and um, of the of the Muslim faith to be nominated for that award. Viola Davis becomes the most nominated Black actress ever to be nominated. So there's a lot of firsts as well, which is good. I think this this year was actually like most of the award season movies were like focused on minorities. So that was a, that was a different change of pace and I don't know if that's because of COVID or, or what, but um, it's good. You know, it's, it's what we've been saying is like, let's make more movies about telling those stories. And this year it feels like we got that, but yeah, I agree. I think, you know, considering that you look at the um, best picture list and you're like, Hmm, there are, there seem to be some omissions there. But yeah, let's look at the other categories. So, best director um, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, uh, Emerald Fennell, uh, who's a very, you know, very new in her career for Promising Young Woman, David Fincher for Mank, Chloe Zhao, same story there. She's really a, a new director on the scene for Nomad Land, and Thomas Vinderberg for Another Round. I think yeah, for this... me, big surprise here was Regina King. Yes. You know, I think it was her directorial debut, and I and I had a couple of notes for that movie. But overall, for a directorial debut, and just in general, like that was a really well directed movie. One Night in Miami, that is. Sure,
1: I, that's where we. There, we're just going to disagree all night, Cam. This was what's going to happen here because <laughs>
0: that's fine. Spoiler
1: alert: I am not a Regina King fan. Oh, how dare you! Uh, I, I think she could do better. <laughs> I think she could do better, Cam, on the I, directing front. Is that what you're saying? All around. She's an Academy Academy award-winning actress. And I think she could do better. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. I think that she did a decent job uh, at directing that movie. But I think the story of that movie of the film one night in Miami really carried itself. So I actually can see why she was not on here. But with that said, I can see, you know, her honing her skills and really sharpening uh, her, her, her fine tip pens and really coming back and swinging next year really well. But this list as concise as it is uh, for the directing one, two, three, four, five, those five, I'm happy with it. I'm really happy with it. And I believe I've got two films to see on this list uh, in order to get completely caught up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And Chloe Zhao is the first, um, Asian woman to be nominated for this, for this category, which is huge. And also it's the first time that this category has featured, um, Sorry, not this category. I'm lost. But anyway, uh, so yeah, Chloe Zhao, first Asian and Asian woman to be nominated for that award. Moving on to best actor, this is a category that is just stacked. Um, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Stephen Yoon for Minari. Dude, <laughs> that's tough. It's always a tough category. It always is. Um, And so I don't know why every year I'm like, man, that's, that's toughy, but it really is. It feels like a really tough category this year. And it's one where in most years I can look at it and go, this is who should win. And this year I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. That one's anyone's game. Anyone's uh, just going to grab that gold for them. And uh, aside from. Uh, aside from Anthony Hopkins, I think we'll have some pretty lively speeches. No offense, Anthony Hopkins. I can just see a very, (laughs) a very regal acceptance speech from Anthony Hopkins. Everyone else, uh, you know, of course, Chadwick Boseman, uh, whoever accepts on his behalf, it's just going to be tears and tears and tears and tears. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and man, I, I hate it when people get nominated for awards posthumously. It's just like people still talk about like, well, yeah, um, Heath Ledger only won the award because he passed away. And I'm like, dude, that is so disrespectful and, and frankly, just not true. And so I just really don't want that to happen for Chadwick Boseman, because I think he's got a good shot at this. And I think that he deserves it no matter what the circumstances. And, and I, I would like to see him win for that reason. Um, Steven, Steven Yoon for, uh, Minari unreal performance. So good. and, you know, all those guys did an incredible job. So I don't, I don't think it's a, you can find a loser in that category. I think whoever wins, you have to tip your cap and go, wow, amazing performance in a year full of amazing performances. Definitely. Okay, next category best actress. Uh, mentioned it earlier Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, Andrew Day for uh, The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomad Land, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman
1: perfect. I, I mean, it's perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think they missed anybody here. I think this is exactly who I would expect. Um, my leader in the clubhouse is probably Carrie Mulligan. If I, if I had to pick like, just because ah. the nature of her film is like, it's her, you know, like it's her show. And, and Land is somewhat Francis McDormand's show, but it's so much about like the these passing moments she has with other people to tell the story. She's really just like the conduit of everything else. So I think, and, you know, Viola Davis is almost like a supporting character in her own movie in a way. She has like very, actually very little screen time and very little dialogue. So I don't know. I just think based on like movie structure alone, the scale sort of tips towards Carrie Mulligan, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I I hear that for sure. What I definitely think we need to do is we need to do, uh, most likely is going to win list. Yeah, we will a, like one, want a win list. And then we'll show our results. If we were wrong on both accounts and then a different <laughs> person won, which usually happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think last year, right before the Oscars, we did that. We did like, here's, we did the big categories and we were like, here's who I think is going to win. And here's who I want to win and why. So I think it's a fun exercise because that is, that is different. Um, you know, between those two categories. Yes. Okay. The rest of the acting awards, Best Supporting Actor, we have Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Racey for Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah.
1: Always an interesting category. This one usually goes to um, the most heartfelt uh, performance rather than the most standout performance so in this one i really would see it possibly going to paul rassi and sound of uh, metal because that that performance is so nuanced uh this guy has been uh, a big deal in the deaf community uh in real life and in hollywood life so my bet is on him uh just because of the nature of the supporting category uh awards
0: yeah and it's a great story i mean here's a guy who's not been in big roles ever, you know. Has never really found himself in this position, and now he gets nominated for the Academy Award. I mean, like, you just love to see it, and it would be a great story. I think it's already a great story that he got nominated. Um, man, I'm just so upset that Delroy Lindo <laughs> didn't get nominated for *The Five Bloods*. I thought that performance was extraordinary, and I, you know, Stefano. Um, commented on Facebook that it's just a product of the movie being released when it was, which is probably true. It was released really early in 2020. But I mean, everybody who watched that movie would tell you that that was an obvious choice. We were already talking about Oscars as soon as it came out. And, you know, it it comes down to like where they submit people, you know, because like the studios decide which category they submit you for. So like the fact that Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya both got submitted for supporting hurts your chances in that category, but still like up against anybody. That was an incredible performance. I just cannot make sense of it.
1: And I would even put Delroy in the, the lead actor. Category. I agree. I totally the agree. Gravity of his role, uh, how he controlled the narrative and, uh, I mean, the camera, Spike Lee's camera loved him. Loved, it was his movie. I, I just it think was. that's what
0: sticks out. I mean, I know <laughs> it's about all those guys and their stories, but it's more about Paul than anybody else. Like, yeah, it's, it's shocking to me. It's shocking, but everybody in this category is obviously deserving. It's just like, man, we got to find a way to to get this guy an Oscar. Cause he Give was that so man good. Oscar. No. And um, let's wrap up finally with best supporting actress, which was, um, that category includes Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Colman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and Young Jung Yoon for Minari.
1: Strong. I uh, don't know why Glenn Close is in here. No, she is the first strong.
0: actor, I believe actor, at least actress, to be nominated for a Razzie and an Oscar for the same role. The same role. <laughs> and... I hated Hillbilly Elegy. I thought it was so bad. I thought that it was like almost embarrassing like how thoughtful and inspiring Ron Howard apparently thought that movie was because (laughs) (laughs) he's like clearly from the way that he created the story. Like I know that it's adapted off of a book but the way that he told the story through the camera work and everything, he just thought it was really powerful stuff and it was not. It just was not.
1: No, I I don't even think I finished the movie. It was just so painful, so incredibly painful to get through. Not not the the weight of the story, but just strictly the faces that oh, I know. was making. And she, man, she's had some killer performances in the past. Yeah, this well, for sure. Is not not her not her best, and I don't.
0: No, that whole it's cast. Not going be her. That whole cast was was rough. I think Amy Adams did fine, all things considered, but. Man, yeah, there were some brutal acting performances in that movie with some brutal dialogue. It was it was tough. (laughs) It was tough. So very surprised to see. That was my pick. I think we talked about it earlier. That was my pick for one of those movies that like gets nominated for best picture out of nowhere. Like one of these movies that like everybody kind of hates, but just like um I equated it to Incredibly Loud and Extremely Close. Is that what that movie was called? Yep. Extremely loud and incredibly close. I don't know. One of the, It's one of those variations. But it was like <laughs> that movie that got nominated for Best Picture, and you're like, wait, what? We, nobody liked this movie. So it, at least it didn't get nominated for the big one. But still, this is rough. This is rough.
1: It's fascinating. And we will watch on pins and needles uh, as, <laughs> as they zoom in on Glenn Close right before they read the envelope. We'll see what happens.
0: I mean, you can't beat Olivia Colman, though. I mean, she just wins. She's just I don't know, man. She's just incredible.
1: I haven't seen Minari yet, but I'm oh, actually, Minari was so good. I'm rooting for Amanda uh, Seafried because she was great. I've never seen her do what she did in that, in that movie before. And I was super excited to see her in such a different kind uh, of role. So that's, that's who I'm rooting for. Right yeah, out of the gate here. She
0: would be deserving for sure. It, it was really good. Um, so that's our Oscars. We are just going to stick to those categories and we'll have more thoughts. We got a little while till this show happens. Um, but that's our, that's our Oscars reactions. Let's jump into some other news stories. Here's one that is so typical. James Cameron's avatar is back at the top of the box office charts after losing its title to Avengers Endgame. It has had a re-release in China. Yeah, we need to use the Infinity Gauntlet to, st- to snap James Cameron away. <laughs> but they <laughs> yeah. re-released it in China seemingly just so it could take the – the title back. So there's that.
1: He absolutely did. He is Thanos. Uh, James. I mean, he has to be,
0: he has to be behind this. Like, I know that like Disney owns both of those properties now. And so like for them, it's like, whatever, but why did they do this? It had to be him. He had to have asked them for it. He had to have. Absolutely.
1: And it was such a surprise, like a sneaky way to do it. And it was like, and it's just releasing in China. Right. Like what? Like, stop it.
0: It's weak. There is like, there's pettiness and then there's that. Like it's, yes. it's off the charts. That is like so ridiculous to be like, all right, man, if I can just scrounge up a, a quick two, you know, 20 million or something, I'll, I'll be back on top of the world and everybody will speak the name Avatar for all of the rest of forever.
1: This is what's going to happen for the rest of forever. They're just gonna they're gonna sneak out Avengers Endgame again, and then James Cameron's gonna sneak out of Avatar, <laughs> oh, no. and then back and
0: forth, and back and forth. Well, it's scary because like, what if theaters don't like come back to the same level of revenue earning that they were before? Like, what if movies just don't gross billions of dollars anymore? That's they will. that's scary. I hope I I hope and pray every day for it, but. Like that would suck. I feel like he's making the play because of that. He's like, dude, this is my chance to submit my name in history for all eternity. This is it. (laughs) And the Russo brothers should have countered and been like, yeah, let's put Endgame back out there. (laughs) Let's go. Maybe
1: maybe they are. Maybe there's some (laughs) dialogue. May the best film win. Like maybe when uh, maybe the weekend that masks are no longer required in public, <laughs> they're like Avengers Endgame. Oh, surprise in game drop. <laughs> We've bought out every theater in every movie in every movie theater across the globe and they will win. They and uh, James Cameron will. Well, sicken. they deserve
0: it. It's like an all time lame thing for, for, for James Cameron to do. I don't know. I hate that. Um, <laughs> here's a really interesting one. This is hot off the presses. There are rumors that MoviePass is coming back from the dead. MoviePass, yes. the much yeah. mu- the much ridiculed platform that everyone in the free world predicted would die because its price point was too low to be sustainable and then they died because they didn't have enough money. <laughs> um, the company who owns MoviePass has some sort of cryptic countdown that's counting down to March 22nd on their website. Yes. Yes. Um, what <laughs> like it has to be that right what else would it be yeah
1: uh the movie pass will actually be the one who saves the movie theaters this is <laughs> Dude, whatever they got up their sleeve um what if what if it's uh, you know a lot of people were really mad about movie pass it, it seemed too good to be true and i think it really was uh this whole platform that they you know, they really sold their business on. So what if they're announcing you're finally going to get your money back <laughs> that you're owed for movie pass that closed like three years ago uh, on March 22nd, they finally figured Dude. it out. The accountants have been hard at work and you're getting your money <laughs> back for their subscription.
0: That would be That's cool. What I see this as that would be cool. And also like, here's the thing about movie pass, their model works it was just priced wrong. It was just priced ridiculously low. And so they scaled too fast because their subscriber count obviously got insane. Um, But it was too low a price point to sustain the business. The theaters started turning on them. Um, I think the biggest threat to MoviePass really is just that the theater chains will want to spin up their own version of it, which like AMC already has. Um, I think Regal has, which is basically they can just do their own subscription, plus throw in discounts for concessions and stuff like that and and reward points and things, and it's hard to compete with that. But I think their model was not a bad model. It was just that they went too low on pricing and they scaled way too fast. So, you know, I mean, they could make a run of it. Legitimately, they could if, if they figure out the price point
1: hold on hold on wait this is this is coming to me as we speak here live what if movie pass has worked to deal with someone where they stream the movies uh, while they're in the theaters that's not related to warner
0: oh dude i don't know i don't know <laughs> that would be that would be a major shakeup and also like all these companies have their own platforms now so why wouldn't they yeah. just like stream their own stuff and be like screw you guys
1: but there's gotta be, they have to have something magical enough. I mean, they went bankrupt like right away. Uh, I bet they just come back
0: at $15 a month. <laughs> They're like, we're back, but it costs $5 more a month and we'll be, we'll be all right. All right. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I, I hope that it actually comes to fruition because now they've piqued my interest. Um, okay.
1: We, we will be two new subscribers to movie
0: <laughs> We will, we will. Um, we got a new in the Heights trailer in the Heights, which is the film adaptation directed by John M Chu um, of crazy rich Asians fame. And it is It is the film adaptation of the Tony award-winning musical by Lin Manuel Miranda, who created Hamilton. We got our sec. This was our first real, like full trailer. I think the other one would be described as sort of a teaser in a sense. So what what's your take on this, on this look at in the Heights.
1: I'm excited. I think uh, Anthony Ramos is going to be an absolute baller in this role as Usnavi, uh, previously held originally by Mr. Lin-Manuel Miranda himself. Uh, I am a little nervous. I'm a little nervous at the direction. And I got to say, I listened to the entire album uh, front to back on uh, Saturday. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you know, how is this going to be on film uh, yeah. And after seeing the trailer the next day, I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know, John <laughs> Chu. I mean, you're great. You're great and all. But how do we get there? How do we get from, you know, 90s in the Heights to 2021 in the Heights? That's what I'm nervous about.
0: I think it looks good. I really do. I think it looks good and I'm excited. I think the, you know, it sounds like they've, at least in this trailer, they had some new lyrics in here that were not on the soundtracks and same like that. So They might be mixing up some new stuff. I mean, Lin-Manuel is heavily involved in this project, and that dude just, he's Midas. Everything he touches is gold. Mm. And I was happy to see him appear in this trailer as the Piragua guy, which will be awesome. He's like the comic relief. Also, Christopher Jackson uh, appeared in the trailer as well. So some old, old castings, but I'm encouraged. I think it looks... It looks good. Most of all, it looks hot and sweaty, which is the vibe you get from the musical, which I think mm. is what you need. So I was like, yeah, I look like it looks like if I watched this movie, I would start sweating because it looks so hot there. <laughs>
1: um, and one fun, I think this is the, the most exciting tidbit that, that I love is that Abuela is played by the original uh, Abuela on Broadway. That's so awesome. That it's both um, it's both exciting and it's like, man. How old is she, or was she?
0: <laughs> yeah, she was only like forty when the, when the Broadway musical happened.
1: Yeah, and now she's like a proper uh, abuela yeah. age. So I'm really excited to to see that because we're gonna we're missing out on some voices. Um, they're gonna be reintegrated into here, of course. Like Chris uh, Chris Jackson and Lin Manuel are still present, so it'll be it'll be fun. I'm still worried. I'm still worried. Cam.
0: Yeah. I think when something means a lot to you and they're adapting it, it's like exactly my wife's reaction to the Frasier reboot. Like, yes, she loves Frasier more than anyone probably on planet earth. And when that reboot came out, I was like, Oh, Jackie, check it out. Like they're rebooting Frasier. And she was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. So it's like, it's kind of what you do. You, you get in defense mode about that kind of stuff, which makes sense. Okay. We've got two big things coming out this week that we have to chat about before we move on to our movie review. And those two things are Zack Snyder Justice League, which is just two days away. It's coming out on Thursday on HBO Max. And then The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So let's talk about Zack Snyder Justice League, Kirk. I want to mm. get your final take. I want to hear where do you think this lands? Do you think it's better than the original? Do you think it is so much better that we actually are like, Wow, this is a game changer, or or where do you think it falls on that meter? Hmm.
1: I am uh, anticipating that it will be uh, just as just as hot garbage that we have seen previously. Just as uh, bad. As, just as bad. Okay. I don't think it's going to be worse. I really don't, um, because It'd be the, tough. New th- the new the <laughs> new the bar is set really high <laughs> in standards of terrible. It is so for it to like leap up there would eh. be a, would be a toughie. I mean, uh, it would win the ultimate Razzie. The Razzie's would shut down <laughs> permanently. Nothing could could beat it. I really think that the CGI uh, just the just bathed in CGI is just not the right way to go. It's been proven. Um, I mean, how can you in in what, what year did this movie come out originally? 2017? Who knows? Yeah.
0: 2016?
1: How can you, in, t- in 2017, knowing what Jumanji looks like, uh, CGI, just create an entire world of only CGI and not take good care of it? Uh, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It's not even that great of CGI. It'll, it'll last, uh, that, th- that CGI has already expired, so maybe they boosted this one up, which will expire in one to two years. I don't understand the storytelling. I don't understand the fans that love just complete, computer. I, I, don't, I can't do it. I can't do it.
0: Yeah. I, I have read every piece of material, press material, that Warner and Zack Snyder have peddled out about this movie for the last three months, which paints it in a very favorable light. It
1: mm-hmm.
0: paints the old Justice League movie in a terrible light and basically puts you in this space where you're like, okay, Zack Snyder really had nothing to do with that movie and has everything to do with this movie. And I've read all of it. And so I am primed and ready to go, thinking like this could be good. You know they've they're starting to they're starting to buy me in. But here's the thing, it's still Zack Snyder who is not just like. It's not like this is Chris Nolan Justice League. This isn't a director who's just universally loved. This is a guy who has a highly stylistic approach, one that is just not everybody's cup of tea. I mean, his biggest claims to fame are 300, which was like a cult classic and, like, a very popular movie, but not a very good movie, per se. Um, And, you know, Watchmen, which, again, was super heavily stylized, and not everybody loved that either. So I just think we have to keep that in mind, that even if it's a really good Zack Snyder movie, that doesn't necessarily translate to mass appeal, And, and that could very well be the case. But I also just go back to, like, what who could possibly win here? I, I think it's a lose lose for all parties involved. I really do because, yeah, if it's incredible, right? Like, like universally, everybody's like, Holy cow, this is at least the best DC movie that's come out, and for sure, you know, way better than the original. Then what do they do? Because Zack Snyder's like, I'm out, I'm not doing any more DC movies. Ray Fisher has been shown the door. Um, you know they couldn't even get billy crudup to come back and and play the flash's dad you know this this extended universe that they've built is in shambles i mean ben affleck's even you know he's got one foot out the out the door and the other foot on a banana peel so i just mean like <laughs> it's it's really tough to see where they go from here so if for warner if it's bad it's like uh Maybe, maybe they get some vindication because they're like, see, we didn't do anything wrong. Zack Snyder just made a bad movie. But that's still not good for them as a company. And it's not good for like getting HBO Max subscribers. So no. where I'm at on this, I guess, my final take is that I think it will be good-ish. I think that it will be good to the point where some people really like it, but not good to the point where everyone likes it and it's just a universal hit. You know, mm-hmm. which will leave it a, a step below Marvel because everybody loves everything that Marvel does. And, you know, for that reason, I think it'll ultimately be inconsequential and we'll all just go back to our daily lives and be like, oh, eh, well, we got the Snyder Cut. I guess we, you know, that question is answered and, and that'll be the end of it.
1: Yes. You will have consumed at that point approximately <laughs> six hours of Justice League by the end of this I week. Because
0: I've still got 30 minutes left <laughs> in the other one, too.
1: And uh I think we should um we should review this, the the new Justice, the new um yeah, the new the new Snyder Cut Justice League. I don't even think of it as the Justice League anymore. I just think of it as this is the Snyder Cut. Like it's the Snyder actual Cut. title yeah, should basically just be called it is, yeah. the the Snyder Cut. And I think that we should um because there are four hour uh slots, we should have one hour uh specials. So we'll have a four <laughs> <laughs> a four okay. episode special run dissecting that particular hour of oh, wow. the snyder cut that
0: seems excessive but you know it might be necessary i don't know I, i'm i'm willing to entertain that idea
1: we'll see after we uh, review after we watch the, the film we will we will brainstorm some more
0: yeah definitely definitely all right let's move on to our last one which is the falcon and the winter soldier how are you feeling about this series now that we are three days away I'm, I was a little nervous
1: about it, honestly. Okay. Uh, Obviously I'm really skeptical tonight. So I was really, (laughs) I was nervous about it from the teaser because it looked too campy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think you can put out anything campy anymore, Marvel. Uh, You know, the first, the first couple movies, they kind of had a little bit of that flavor, but it was also the, the very end of the, early 2000s right so you had that option you don't have that option anymore you need to put good cold hard humor on our plates if you're gonna try to toss that to us so i like the banter between um between falcon and between bucky i just i just think that it was a little a little campy but then we got the full trailer uh just this at the end of uh, this weekend right and it's it really told the story of what of what's happening in this and gave me lots of mystery uh this thing called tva like what is it uh there's lots of tvs does it directly connect to wandavision that's what i'm looking towards looking forward to so this is going to be definitely definitely a big win in marvel's book once again
0: yeah i predict something similar i think more i think based on purely the format of the show i think that wandavision was a big risk for marvel in a lot of ways that i think paid off um ultimately there's still a bunch of you know Sourpusses who are upset about the format of the show and like this is too boring. There's not enough action. Well, I I mean, I don't want to validate their opinion, but I will say that Marvel is at their best when they're doing good old fashioned action movies with a splash of comedy, and this feels like a formula that has won for them in the past and will continue to do so. Um, I think Falcon in the Winter. I mean, I think Captain America: The Winter Soldier is unequivocally a top five Marvel film, may even be top three. I think it's really that good. So um, <clears throat> this looks like a similar movie to that, just like Smash Mouth action movie with some mystery, you know, hunting down the bad guy, just nothing too fancy. And I think for that reason, it's going to be a win. And I think it will be wildly popular because that format is, you know, catered towards mass appeal. So I'm excited about it, though I will say <laughs> Anthony Mackey is already teasing surprise cameo appearances and I'm like I'm not doing this again I'm not doing it again I spent weeks agonizing over WandaVision cameos and who could be and who it wouldn't be and then got nothing so I'm out you know he's playing man he's he's probably trolling Paul Bettany
1: because of because of his massive letdown yeah 100%
0: (laughs) what I don't trust Anthony Mackie for one second I bet he he probably couldn't even say that with a straight face
1: No, no well maybe I don't know he's he's a pretty good Bold face liar, uh <laughs> just because his style of comedy. But man, there's no way, there's no way that we get someone actually big now that what after what happened with Wand Fish. No, and like it.
0: I saw this headline today. I can't even remember who it was. I'm not it's not even worthy of sourcing anybody because they were like, uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier ties into at least three other Marvel movies or series. I'm like, yeah, yeah. The same could be said for <laughs> every marvel property ever in history they all tie into each other that's kind of the thing so yeah there's that so i mean i know that's 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 a mind-blowing story yeah three other marvel properties are going to be tied into this as if we didn't already know that but there we are and that is all we've got for what's popping so let's pop it up one last time Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook at Popcorn the Number 4 Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram at pfb_podcast. podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on PopcornTheNumber4Breakfast.com. We'll see you next time.